You can see today that we're continuing in our, our series on Advent leading up to Christmas. We had talked about Mary and uh, Elizabeth a couple weeks ago. We talked about Joseph last, last week, learning about obedience. And you can see today that what I want to talk to you about is about a shepherd's faith. Um, I want to I kind of have a discussion about this journey that the, the shepherds took. What can we learn from the shepherds, you know? They were there. It was, it's important. And one of the things that I find is extremely important is everybody that's involved there got there by coming from different paths. So it doesn't matter what your background was. It doesn't matter how you got to Jesus. What matters most is that you got to Jesus. That's the important part. And so the, the shepherds here um, are, are a group of people that are just completely functioning on faith. And it made me wonder, what, what, what was it like for them? What could it have been like? I mean, Think about the questions they must have had in their head, uh, the questions that were up on their heart to be able to follow through in obedience. What if you were one of the, the shepherd that were there? I mean, wouldn't you have some of the same questions and some of the same doubts? Maybe some fears and some worries, and yet in the midst of all of that, there's still a decision that needs to be made. Are you going to walk out in that faithfulness or not? You know, these shepherds in the video that, that we just saw, they, they, they were questioning uh, what they had seen that night, they, they, they weren't sure. What, what had they seen? What Was that really God? What had they really experienced? There were so many question marks, and even though they knew uh, deep down inside, they, they still had concerns of what the government might say. And, and Luke reminds us of this account that we're going to look at today, and it's in the book of Luke chapter 2. And it says this, that there were shepherds who were living out in the fields nearby, keeping a watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And this is a, a, a great lesson that can be learned in the middle of all of this. That, that night the shepherds were out doing whatever it is that shepherds do, Right? You know, they were watching over their flock. They were making sure that everything was safe. They were just, they were just doing their job. They were doing what they were supposed to do. And, and something happened that changed everything. An angel of the Lord appeared with an announcement. Uh, let me repeat that. In the middle of the night, in the dark, while tending to their sheep, an angel shows up. And what's one of the first things that the angel says? Fear not. Why? Because it would scare you, wouldn't it? I mean, think about that. If an angel just appeared, what's it going to look like when I don't expect it? All of a sudden that happens. And the very first thing that the angel tells them is to not to be afraid. I can't even imagine what the shepherds were going, what was going through their mind. I try to get into their mindset. Could it have been like that? Maybe. Could, could they have doubted some more? Maybe they functioned in full obedience. We don't understand, but this one thing we do know, they eventually obeyed. They moved. We're going to find out a little bit more about that. And this news that the angel brings must have seemed unbelievable to them at that time. 
Except, of course, here's an angel of the Lord appearing from no, nowhere. So if an angel of the Lord is going to speak to us, I think that maybe we should all listen to it. Can we agree on that? <laughs> here's, here's what was said in Luke chapter 2, verse 15. When the angel left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told uh, them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The sign, they said, this will be your sign. He says, you'll find a baby wrapped in clothes, uh, by, you know, some translations say swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Notice that they're not told to go immediately. They're told simply that you will find the child. And, and then the angel of the host leaves, just disappears. He says, this is, it, the question has never been, can we ever find God? God is always findable, amen? The question really is, is are we going to go? Are we going to go in and find him? Now, I assume that they could have waited, you know, maybe till daybreak. They could have said, let's wait till the morning when the sun's up, you know, and then we can have some better traveling conditions. They could have said, you know what, let's wait till breakfast because I want to get a meal in me before we hit the road, you know, and had waited on that. But they said, no, they said, we, 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 we can't wait. They weren't told to go right away. They didn't have to, but they could not wait. Um, fear or no fear. They run off to Bethlehem to see this thing that's taking place. And what they find is exactly as the angel foretold. It's exactly like that. What was their reaction at what they found in the manger? I mean, when they show up, what, 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 did, what do you think maybe they expected to do? We're going to go and we're going to see this thing and we're going to see what takes place. I mean, are we going to change diapers? Are we going to rest? Um, are, 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 are we just going to sit in awe and stare at the baby? You know, what, what's going to take place? And we see them act as the faithful shepherds that they were. They leap into action. They begin to spread the word about baby Jesus, and they did so with such enthusiasm, the Bible says, that those that heard what the shepherds had to say were amazed. It says that they were all amazed. And then afterwards, they returned back to their responsibilities. The shepherds returned back to their flocks. And once there, they couldn't stop talking about what, all that they had seen and all that they had heard. Uh, all the while glorifying God for including them in this magnificent moment. So, this is the story, and the question is, what, if anything, can we learn from this? Well, what, if anything, can we take away from this that God might be speaking to you and to me today, specifically as we approach Christmas, the birth of our Savior? Well, he teaches us a lot about faith, and I'm going to give you three things that we can take away from this real quickly, and you can write them down in your outline, and here's number one. When God calls, listen up. That's the first thing. Write down, when God calls, listen up. Now, how many of you know that there's a difference between listening and hearing, right? You know that? You can hear voices. You can hear noises. You can hear somebody talking, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you listen until you do something with what it is that you've heard. When God calls, listen up. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 says, The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Not some people, a few people, every other person. He said it's for all people. When God calls, you and I are to listen up. Pay, pay attention to that. Sometimes God might use dramatic means like we just read in this story where angels show up and visions you know, take place and that's how God speaks to us. Uh, sometimes he does it through the lives of others. I shared with you a couple weeks ago when I was talking to you about uh, our journey with having children and, and how Pastor Sue Ulbrich came to Lisa and said, uh, you're going to have, you're gonna have a, a child, and it will be a boy. And It was a, a prophetic word, and, and that, that word it came to pass. God used somebody else, but sometimes God just speaks to us in uh, other ways. Maybe, maybe it's just in a, a simple way, like in our thoughts. Um, people often describe, remember the word, word of God talks about sometimes the voice of the Lord is just a still, small voice, Right? Sometimes it's just a still, small voice. God can speak to us as we read the Scriptures. Um, God can speak to us when we sit in silence. You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, when Michael was leading us in worship, and he stopped and said, we're going to take two minutes and sit in silence. Um, you know, I'm like everybody else. The first thought I had was, Phew, two minutes, two whole minutes? You know, that's a long time. It feels like it. But when you're spending time in the presence of God, all of a sudden he starts to speak to you. He spoke to me that morning. Sometimes God will speak in those moments of silence. He'll speak to you through life experiences. Have we all learned that yet? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's by choices that we make. Uh, sometimes it's through the other counsel of other Christians in our life. God wants to be near us, and he wants to be in constant communication with us. That's his desire. When God speaks, he wants to know, not do we just hear him, but are we listening to him? Do we recognize his voice? Do, do, do we know what that, that sounds like, you know? Do we enjoy spending time in his, in his presence? You know, I, I, I want to set this illustration up carefully, so I am still madly in love with my wife, okay? But when we first started dating, you know how it is when you first start meeting somebody? And it's just, you know, it's just, you know, giggly and all this stuff. And you just always want to be around them and that. And, and we were, let's just say we were younger then. And um, she was living in Thompson, Illinois at the time. And I was working for a company called Total Truck. And so I just drove around delivering parts and all that. But I just wanted to spend time with her. I just wanted to be in her presence. So here's, I remember doing this one day. I was over by Cordova dropping something off. I had an hour to kill. And the company had a telephone. And so I called her. And I said, hey. And she goes, hey. And for the next hour, that's all we did. We just sat on the line together. We weren't talking. I was just listening to her breathe on the phone. You know why? Because I, wanted, I just wanted to be in her presence. And that's, only, that's the closest way I could at that time. I just wanted, I, I don't know if she wanted to be in my presence as much. I'm going to assume yes, but you know what I'm talking about. Do you know how much Jesus just wants us to be in his presence? He wants to speak to us. The question is not, is God speaking? Will God speak? He's speaking. Are we listening? He wants us to be able to, to lean into that and embrace that. You know, when I was younger, I might have, you might have been able, as a kid, you might have been able, maybe even as an adult, 
you might have been able to diagnose me with selective hearing. You know what I mean? Anybody here know what selective hearing is? Anybody here not hearing me right now because they have selective hearing? <laughs> selective hearing. It's when you choose what you want to listen to and you choose what you don't want to listen to, you know? I had selective hearing as a kid. Every time my dad told me to take the trash out or do a chore, I didn't hear it. But I'll tell you what, I never once missed him calling me for dinner because that's what I wanted. You know, I got to choose here and I got to choose there. Um, there's just this question that when God speaks, are we listening to everything, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help us God, you know, and do we recognize his voice? We, we are first-time grandparents. Our granddaughter is now, I think, five months old. Hey, it's the first time we got a birthday right or age right in a while, and um, what I love about her, besides the fact that she's our granddaughter, is just the innocence that's there. Uh, think of a newborn baby. What has a newborn baby done for you besides Jesus? <laughs> it, they're, they're so innocent. They can't do anything. They can't help. They can't serve. But yet they bring so much joy to our, to our lives. And um, just watching her grow, watching her recognize voices, uh, I was talking with Lisa, and she was sharing with me how she was at the Home Depot uh, one day, and uh, don't you find it funny that she was at the Home Depot and I wasn't, you know? But you all know I'm, I'm not a fixer-upper guy. But she, she uh, Ben was there, maybe Dre was there, but Charlotte was in her car seat and turned away from Lisa. And Lisa, now, in our home, we are affectionately known as not Grandma and Grandpa. I'd like to now introduce you to Glamma, this is Glamma, and I get to be Pop Pop. So we just said, what, what are we going to call you? And I said, uh, whatever, well, I first said whatever you want to call me, but we had to fix that. Um, so I got Pop Pop, but she will greet Charlotte with, um, she'll say, hola nieta, which is hello granddaughter. But she does it in a voice that I can't do. You know, it's like a few levels higher than a guy's supposed to go, hola nieta, you know, and she'll get up to this high pitch. And she went in there and she said that. Now, she, Charlotte was in her seat. And as Glamma came up and said those words, oh, Lenieta, all of a sudden her head starts snapping. And she's looking. You know why? Because she knows her voice. And it moved her to action. I love watching how she learns those voices. I was walking through. They were over last night for a visit. And she was in one of those little jumpy play things, you know. And um, I was walking through the room. And so I just walked by and I just bent down real quick. And I said, hey, baby girl. And I kept walking, and as I walked away, she just started grinning because she recognized me. Here's my question. Do we sit long enough in the presence of God? He recognizes us. Do we recognize him when he's moving in our hearts and in our lives? There's something that we can learn here about faithfulness in the journey that we go, go on through here. These faithful shepherds, they did just that. They heard. They recognized the voice of the Lord, and they understood what they were supposed to do with that. And that's where, excuse me, we get caught sometimes. Sometimes we either feel like we're not hearing the Lord or we heard the Lord, but we don't understand what to do with it. But when God speaks to you, he already knows the beginning from the end. He's just looking for us to take the next step. And these shepherds were called and they said, here's the proof. 
Here's how you will know. Here's your sign. You will go and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And these faithful shepherds did just that. They heard, they understood, and they responded. There was no selective hearing. They just responded. Can the same be said of us? Can the same be said of us? We see other examples in the New Testament of ones who listened to God. They heard, they understood, they responded to, uh, to Jesus. Here, Matthew, for example, or for instance. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, it says <clears throat> that Jesus went on from there. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told Matthew. And Matthew got up and followed him. No questions asked. No selective hearing. Just he obeyed and he was faithful. A tax collector. That would be almost the same as saying a traitor is how people looked at them. They didn't like them. Uh, He was likely an outcast in the community within his own society. Matthew listened to the voice of Jesus and made a choice. He, Matthew, like the shepherds before him, got up and went. Uh, Not to a stable, but Matthew went to follow the one that was born in the stable. Matthew not only heard the voice of Jesus, but he listened to the voice of Jesus. And it changed the course of his life. John chapter 10, verse 27. It's on the bottom. Let's read this one together. You ready? Go. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen. Not my sheep hear my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. And when they listen to my voice, I make myself known as they follow me. The question has never been, is, is, is God speaking? It's, is, are, we, are we listening to him? Whatever your situation is today, whatever it is that you're going through with what other challenges you may be facing this holiday season, let me ask you to do this. Listen for the voice of God. Listen for his voice. Not simply to just hear him, but Lord, what are you speaking to me and what am I supposed to do about it? And he'll reveal that to you. So when God speaks, listen up. Here's number two. When God, when God speaks, saddle up. When God speaks, saddle up. I said saddle up and people looked up at me like, did he really say saddle? Yeah. <laughs> saddle up. What do you mean? Well, it sounds like something you might have heard on TV or in the movies. You're watching an old Western show, you know, saddle up, partner, let's get going. What does that mean? Anytime somebody saddles up, it's because they're getting ready to go somewhere. They're getting ready to go. And maybe you were a kid growing up and your parents are going on a trip and they'd say, saddle up, what that mean? Get your stuff together, get in the car, we're leaving. We're going to a different place. So the imagery is simple. It's time to go. When God speaks, listen, but also know that when God speaks, having listened, it's now time to go. And that's exactly what the shepherds did following the angelic choir concert they had going on there. They saddled up and they started to move from their location to where they were uh, told to go. In Luke chapter 2, verse 15, it says, when the angels had left them and had gone back up into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. And it says, so they hurried off. You know, at first glance, we might assume these faithful shepherd, shepherds, you know, uh, hurried off as in a panic 
or a rush or we better, we better hurry up and run and chase this down. But look again at the instructions that were given in verse 12. The sign will be to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. Nowhere did it say, go now, go tonight, hurry, rush. It didn't say that. They took it upon themselves to go. Unwilling to wait for daybreak, they decided we want to go now. Their, their obedience, their faithfulness moved them into action. They saddled things up, said, I'm not waiting for day, daybreak. I'm not waiting for breakfast. I'm not waiting for the Uber. I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to go now. And the angel told them what they would find. In the spirit of the old Western movies, they saddled up and they went. What is God speaking to you? Where he said, it's time to go. It's time to move on. It's time to forgive. It's time to release. It's time to make that decision. It's time to pull the trigger. It's time to whatever it is that God has been speaking to you. Where is that in your life where God is calling you to saddle up and move to that next season that God has for you? What can that look like even? What does it mean? I mean, I wrote it down, Pastor, when God calls saddle up, but when I go home, I'm not going to remember what that means. It's just, it's kind of weird. Let me, let me kind of explain to you what I mean by saddle up, because to saddle up can look different to each and every one of us in here. Uh, it's no mystery my wife likes, more than like, she loves missions trips. Loves it. She's passionate about that, which we laugh about because back, back in Bible college, uh, we went to Christ for the Nations, and they would have a missions week, and we'd always want to avoid that week because we're Afraid God was going to call us somewhere we didn't want to go, you know? We tried to put God in a box, and guess who has a passion for missions now? Lisa. And she's been to a number of places. She's gone to Cambodia. She's gone to Ecuador. She's gone to Brazil. She's gone to Mexico. And I might be leaving some out. But she goes, she saddles up, so to speak, and she takes that passion and does something with it where if you took that same saddle, if you will, and put that on me, it wouldn't work. That's not the way it works. Saddling up to me, uh, that brings joy to my heart, for me, looks more like putting on a vest and jumping in a cop car, okay? Because then I get a chance to be able to meet people in the community and reach out that way. See, it's completely different. My question this morning is, what does it mean to you when God speaks to you and says, it's time to go? What does that mean to you? Where is he calling you to go? If you're listening, listening, you'll hear it. But the question, the greater question is, when you hear it, Will you go? Will you do what it is God's calling you to do? For some of us, it might look different. It might be about serving somebody in our neighborhood that we know needs a helping hand. For some of us here, maybe it means that we've got to change our attitude with our employer or our employees so we can, we can better ourselves. Uh, for some, it means maybe you stand in the cold and serve boxes of food to people on Wednesdays from 10 to 12. It means saddling up. Do you guys get the Clinton Herald still? Uh, I don't know if you saw last week, but right there on the front page is a bunch of ads. Is the church. It's the uh, food pantry. Rolling with the need, it says. Church of the Open Door adapts food distribution to the times. Right there on the front page. Now, I'm not trying to make this a plug about being proud of the fact that we're on the front page. That's not what this is about. This is about a group of people who have been willing to saddle up and give up their Tuesdays and Wednesdays to prepare for something that affects uh, the community, a greater need. 
So what does it mean and look like for you to saddle up, to hear what the Lord speaks to you and then to serve? You see, there's another story in the New Testament where God spoke and a person was faced with kind of a saddle up decision. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. Do you remember Ananias? The Lord called him in a vision, it says in Acts chapter 9, verse 10, and said, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying for you. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Now, I love this account at the onset of Saul becoming Paul, okay? Uh, This conversion's taking place. And now, Paul is this lifelong relationship with Jesus. However, I left out an important part of the story on purpose between the verses 11 and 17. um, It says that, that we see Ananias wanted nothing to do with Saul. Because he was known, Saul was a Christian killer. And God spoke to Ananias and said, go to Saul. He said, you mean Saul Smith? No, 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 no. You know what Saul I'm talking about. Saul Taylor? No, no, no. You know what Saul I'm talking about. Go to him. I want you to go. And Ananias didn't want to go. He didn't want anything to do with Saul. And he tells God, though, in no uncertain terms, that this Saul, he's a bad guy. I mean, I don't know if you know this, God, but he's doing, he's doing harm to Jesus' followers. But then we read in verse 15, but the Lord said to Ananias. See, when God speaks to you, do you think he's looking for a debate? Do you think he's looking for a conversation? Do you think he's looking for advice? No, he's looking for our our obedience. And are we going to be faithful to step that out? As we saw earlier, despite Ananias' reservation, he did go. And the ministry of Saul, who becomes Paul, was set into motion, a ministry that would change the world. It would change the world. The shepherds, they teach us um, that there's no need to hesitate when God calls. Ananias shows us that through, though we may hesitate, if we trust God, amazing things happen when we wait on him. Possibly, you know, a, a world could be changed because we live out our, our obedience and our faithfulness to God. So when, when God calls list, uh, that, that we need to listen up, when God speaks to us, we need to saddle up. And then number three, write down, when God calls, we need to speak up. We need to speak up. The shepherds were so amazed, they couldn't help but talk about it. They just started talking and talking and telling everybody about the Messiah. Think about it, 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 this experience that they had. They got to be included on this. And, And they got so excited. So let me ask you this question. When's the last time you got so excited about something you couldn't stop talking about it? Think about it. I'll give you a couple examples. For me, it was a week ago when my Dallas Cowboys thoroughly whipped the Eagles. They didn't just beat them, they beat them down. Can I get an amen from anybody? I know there'll be one back there. <laughs> I couldn't stop talking about it. You know, of course, I watched the game, and I'm like, oh, we'll see, you know, we're having a good year. You know, I'm kind of talking right in the middle line and that, and then all of a sudden, final, game over, we win. Man, I started talking smack. Did you see that? That's right. We're back, baby. And you know, I start getting all excited. Or, or the flip side, whenever we're near Schaumburg or Chicago, and, and, and I, I say, I mention these four letters, I-K-E-A. Somebody gets excited at the word Ikea. 
And she loves to go there. And, and we'll go and we'll take selfies and we'll post them and put them on there. Why? Because we're excited. This is fun. Now, don't get me wrong. Cowboys games and Ikea can be fun, but we're not replacing Jesus here. My point is simply this. How is it we can get excited about things like that and forget to be excited about our Savior and, and miss out on all that? The, the shepherds, they were so excited. They couldn't stop talking about it. It says everywhere they went, they started telling that that was their job. They, they watched over the flock. Yes, they worked with sheep and they had to scoop some poop and all that stuff. But didn't that sound kind of like life? You're just managing messes here and there. But in the midst of it, are we speaking up? Are we sharing the name of Jesus? Are we sharing the love of Jesus? You, you saw last week on video, um, Courtney Racky was on there and started talking about a passion for the Bible recap. You saw today Denise Bussey on there talking about the passion of getting into the Word of God and how it transforms and changes a, a person. Luke chapter 2, verse 17 says, When they had seen him, the shepherds, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. These faithful shepherds didn't stop at simply, let's hurry up and see what happened in this, in this cradle. You know, they didn't just do some kind of a drive-by. You may have been guilty of this before, I've done it, but you'll be driving down the road and you'll see a cop on the other side and he's got somebody pulled over, there's an accident. What do we do? We slow down so we can see what's going on. And as soon as I get enough information, I take off again, right? We just kind of do a little drive-by. The shepherds, they, they didn't do that. Let's just swing by and, yeah, there's a baby in there, all right? And they didn't just keep on going. They came for that reason. They came not just so that they could see, but they could have a transforming experience that when they left, they couldn't help but talk about him. They couldn't help but talk about the Messiah. Stephen, the one I referred to in the book of Acts, he would speak up about Jesus until his last breath. Here's what it says in Acts chapter 7. Um, amazing, I, I can't even wrap my mind around how he could have gone through this, but a man named Stephen in the Bible in the book of Acts, he, he was just faithful. Chapter 6 and 7, it's an account of another person who was faithful to the very end. Um, he wasn't following a baby, Messiah. He was following the crucified Savior. And this man by the name of Stephen was so transformed in his life. Here's what it says in verses 59 and 60. While they were stoning him, Stephen, they were, they were killing him, throwing rocks at him, stoning him. Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And it says, then he fell asleep. Stephen would speak up even with his last breath. His last breath in order to ask forgiveness for those people that were taking his very own life. Speaking up even as, just like Jesus did on the cross as he was being nailed. What did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You see, you can only do that when you come to a place where you're will willing to completely surrender and speak up and share that love of Jesus. Stephen spoke up. 
even with his last breath. And when God calls the faithful, they speak up. Not to cast verbal stones, not to condemn, not to point fingers of judgment. The faithful stand up and speak up to speak up the love of Jesus. I'll close with this. Luke chapter 2, verse 20 says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they heard and seen, which were just as they were told. Notice the response of the shepherds at the end of their journey. They were glorifying and praising God for what they heard, for what they saw, and for what they had been told. These shepherds, as far as we know, never changed their jobs. They never changed their vocations, but they had become something else in the middle of their vocation. They were now evangelists. They were now sharing the love of Jesus. That word evangelist or evangelism comes from the Greek word that simply means to tell the good news. And that's what they were doing after meeting Jesus. It's what we're all to do after having met Jesus. Tell our story. Even better, tell his story. And join with those faithful shepherds from long ago that night when they got a visit. And it transformed their life. May you and I be people who listen. Not just hear, but listen to the voice of God. Go where he leads and speak of the good news of our Messiah. Amen. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you that as we come to this season, we're not just embracing the season for what the world has marketed it down to, but we're reminding ourselves today that it's all about you, Jesus. Without you, nothing else matters. And so, Father, I pray today that as we walk out our faith, asking today, Jesus, that you would give us uh, the ability to listen, not just hear, but listen, and listen well, that you'd help us today, maybe even through this message, something the Holy Spirit pointed out in your life where he's calling you to saddle up, to go, to change. Don't try to talk that down. Talk it up. And Lord, we're asking you to help us speak up when we have those opportunities to share your love, to share your greatness. We love you, Jesus. And we ask this in your name. Amen, church.